Before we get started with this month's episode, if you're listening to this when it's first posted, we're in the middle of the second planning and assessment services application round of 2018. Dipsney accepts applications year-round for the free services that are described in these podcasts, which are awarded to collecting institutions in New York State. There are three application review deadlines throughout the year, and the next one is coming up on Friday, July 13th, 2018. To learn more about each of these services, which include archival needs assessments, preservation surveys, condition surveys, and strategic planning assistance, visit dhpsny.org and click the link in the menu for planning and assessment. We're on the A train, passing underneath the financial district in Lower Manhattan. I'm Jason Henn, and I'm here with Dipsney Archives Specialist Amelia Parks. She's here to conduct an archival needs assessment for the South Street Seaport Museum, one of dozens of organizations that Dipsney has awarded free planning and assessment services since the fall of 2016. We're headed to 12 Fulton Street, just south of the Brooklyn Bridge, and a short walk from Wall Street. The first port here was established in 1625 as an outpost for the Dutch East India Trading Company, and the area reached its commercial peak in the mid to late 1800s. At its height, the port was so busy that it's since been dubbed New York City's first World Trade Center. Our host for the day is collections manager and registrar Martina Caruso. She gave us some more details of how the South Street Seaport came into existence and how we came to be standing on this stretch of land in particular. So, well, South Street Seaport, and in general this lower side of Lower Manhattan on the East River, is the area where the first, well, Harry Hudson arrived, and the first settlement were here since the Dutch time, and then moving on after New Amsterdam. So this part of um, Lower Manhattan for geological and currents-wise was always the first attraction areas for vessels to arrive and start trading and doing businesses. There was a lot of landfill creation at the end of the 18th century. Um, the building where we're standing on, from Water Street on, it started to get filled in 1810, 1812. Um, there were a lot of rules to do, make that happen, and most of what we're standing as right now is trash. So they used to create all of those brackets and then everyone was allowed to bang, to put trash and everyone was buying lots to build their own building. Um, so um, there's an incredible history of, as soon as you do excavation down here, of um, what the trash at the time was. Um, so we found most of the archaeology artifact of the history of New Amsterdam and New York down below Lower Manhattan for that reason. Um, from ceramics to all kind of materials, old vessel that got sank to create lands and so on and so forth. Business declined in the early 20th century and by the 1950s the South Street Seaport was practically vacant. Then in the mid-1960s, a group of preservationists led by Peter and Norma Stanford established the museum with a focus on education programs and rehabilitating the neighboring buildings, paving the way for new storefronts that were reproductions of the shops that were active during the seaport's peak. So the South Street Museum was founded in 1967 with the mission of preserving the history of New York as a port city. And at that time, this district was still functioning, but just for because of the Fulton Fish Market, which has a long history here. It was kind of almost a life around it the whole, the whole time since 1820s. And at that time, beside the Fulton Fish Market, it was kind of like a 
shadow kind of not really nice neighborhood I, I mean it was really close to wall street but it was kind of like just functioning for the fulton fish market um he has those amazing vacuum building and it was supposedly becoming the new site for the world trade center um so there was a group of preservationists and maritime enthusiasts that decided well that needs to be preserved uh, we can't get them to turn to turn it down like penn station and they made it <laughs> they wrote so many petition and they were connecting to city official and then two other maritime important figures in the United States and they were able to block the construction and then start building a museum here. Like many of the archives we visit, the South Street Seaport Museum holds an impressive number of historical documents, over 50,000 archival materials and historical records. We're always curious which items in a collection have special meaning for the archivists who care for them. And Martina talked to us a bit about billhead illustrations that were produced at the port's print shops. I'm really truthfully obsessed with the business documents and billheads specifically. The billheads are those documents that have the top usually as letterpress with the name of the company. But the fun part is at that time, they didn't just put the name, they add all their decors. So depending on what they were selling, there were all those fun bits, like today, emoji. But at that time, there were tiny um, plates for um, ships or hats or tools. And all those bill hats are incredible decorative. And it's just going through the history of graphic art in a way, or typography or design. Um, we have print shops, historic print shop downstairs, and um, it's kind of amazing to see how today potentially we can reprint those, but to print one of them is a good three hours of work. And thinking they were constantly printing was the only way to do it. It's just really interesting. And they're so beautiful to look at it because you have the first part letterpress with one or two colors, and then down below, handwritten with all those amazing and writing everything they buy and how much was it and um, it, it's really interesting. I think that's one of my favorite. Before we left for the day, I was curious about one collection in particular, a portion of which you can view on the museum's website, the Alan Governor and Kalita Doolin Tattoo Collection, which features a vast assortment of vintage hand-drawn tattoo flash sheets. Um, Alan Governor and Kalita Doolin Tattoo Collection is a collection that comprise uh, small um, tools, uh, handbook, uh, photograph, tattoo flash sheets, um, wooden box, as well as a really large scrapbook of over 400 fleet um, sheets of paper. They're all representing the life and the work of Augusto Gus Wagner, his wife and his daughter. Um, Gus Wagner was um, a seaman, he was a sailor for a few years, for four years. Um, he traveled throughout the world, literally everywhere. We have in his scrapbook all the places and the ports where he traveled and the ships that he went to. And when he came back, he realized that um, he had so much to show around um, throughout the United States about tattoo. He learned tattooing from Australian, from Japanese, from Europeans throughout the world. Um, he has tattoo all over his body as well. And when he came back, he started traveling with shows and saying, um, exhibiting himself as a tattoo man. Then he realized he wasn't making that much money and he decided to start tattooing people. Um, he is one of the first 
who actually start creating an iconography of tattooing in the United States, traveling throughout um, everywhere. And the variety of iconography is kind of mind-blowing because you have the usual sailor kind of iconography that you think about, it, the hearts, the anchors, the ships sailing, um, the lovers, but then also um, a variety of iconography that come from Gus' experience throughout the world. Um, from Japanese and Asian dragons and interesting magical creatures um, to women of throughout the world with different um, clothes and hair uh, uh, or makeup. Um, there are uh, Native American Indians, there are iconography of trains and uh, Masonic kind of symbols and it is really everything you can imagine and in his memories in his scrapbook he mentioned many times that he was not tattooing per se what he likes he tattooed what the person wanted on his own body so this is why the variety With Amelia's survey completed, our visit ended with a tour of the Wavertree Ocean Liner, one of five ships that are still maintained by the museum and docked at South Street Seaport. The Wavertree is a historic iron sailing ship. It was built in Southampton, England in 1885. It is one of the last large ships built of wrought iron. Once used to carry jute between India and Scotland, the ship was towed to South Street Seaport Museum in 1968 and added to the National Register of Historic Places a decade later. Um, the original name, so she was started to be built in 1885 and got launched in 1886. And her original, original name was actually Southgate. Then a few years later, it got bought by another company renamed Boivetry, and that's the name that she added. Um, it is that type of sailing vessel that used to be here all the time at South Street. The, there's no engine, no motors, nothing whatsoever. It's just a sailing vessel. We recently restored 13 million 15 months city funded restoration um, and we restored uh, her original shapes and configuration that had before 1910 before she got in a really major disaster around Cape Horn got dismasted um, and then after that disaster she never really been sailing anymore she became like a cargo vessel and then a sand barge and then a million of other things so she's back at her original glory. For more on South Street Seaport Museum, visit southstreetseaportmuseum.org. Documentary Heritage and Preservation Services for New York is a program of the New York State Education Department in partnership with the New York State Archives and New York State Library, with services provided by the Conservation Center for Art and Historic Artifacts. Our program coordinator is Anastasia Matikiu, Dipsney's Preservation Specialist is Jillian Marcus, and our Archive Specialist is Amelia Parks. I'm Communications Assistant Jason Henn. Special thanks to Barbara Lilly, Holly Peacock, Maria Holden, John Diefenderfer, and Claire Fleming at the New York State Archives.